Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. Welcome to the PowerCat Podcast, gopowercat.com's Kansas State Athletics Show. Now, here's your host, GoPowerCat publisher, Tim Fitzgerald. Welcome to another edition of the PowerCat pregame podcast sponsored by our friends, Robbins Motor Company. I am GoPowerCat publisher, Tim Fitzgerald. And over the next hour, we are hopefully going to get you completely prepared for Saturday morning's game between the Kansas State Wildcats and the Texas Longhorns down in Austin. It kicks at 11 right after they finish big noon Saturday. That's right. The entire Fox team will be down there in Texas for this one because it is a doozy. This one could decide one team going to the Big 12 championship or at least clear the path if they can get through the rest of the schedule to do so. Kansas State heads into this game at 6-2 and two and 4-1. and one. And, of course, Texas is 7-1 and one and 4-1, and one, their lone loss being to Oklahoma. And again, if Kansas State wants to make it to Arlington to defend that Big 12 title they won a year ago, they got to win this one. They can find another way if they don't, but that'll involve a lot of losses for a lot of other teams, and I just don't see it happening. So this one is pretty much it. This is a similar situation to what we saw with K-State last year. They headed into this portion of the season with a couple losses, one in the non-con, one in the conference, and now we see them repeating history, but this time they got to do it on the road against a really good team. As I mentioned, we are 
sponsored by Robbins Motor Company at Robbins. They strive to earn lifetime business and build relationships selling quality cars, trucks, vans, and SUVs and offering top-notch parts and service. Robbins Motor Company, title sponsor of the PowerCat pregame podcast. Well, you know the drill. We're going to speak to Brian Hanley, the former K-State offensive lineman on those 97 and 98 teams with Michael Bishop and company. They were so good. Uh, Brian is one of our football analysts for Go Parquet and does an exceptional job. Check out his YouTube channel, Big B Sports. And then Ryan Wallace, who always does a great job scouting the other team for us, will really cut into the Longhorns and talk about their strengths and maybe weaknesses that K-State can exploit. And later on, we'll get to our own Ryan Gilbert in a segment we we recorded yesterday about uh, the odds and the the betting odds going on around the Big 12. There's six Saturday games, and we'll get to all of those and the spreads and make some picks and predictions with our friend Gills. And all through it, we'll have some interviews, including one with Chris Kleiman here coming up right before we get to Brian Hanley. And I asked Chris Kleiman a number of questions uh, after his opening statement at Tuesday's press conference, and I think you'll find his answers very interesting. And then we will get to the quarterback, Will Howard, in the second segment. And then, yeah, we're going to talk to Jerome Tang. I know this is a football preview, but Gills and I will be in Las Vegas for that game on Monday night with USC, covering the Hoops team and a lot of news going on right now with basketball. But this is the football pregame podcast, and we hope to get you completely prepared for the game. But let's get into it now and how I started the press conference on Tuesday with Chris Kleiman, talking about the topics that were most important to me, and he gave me some great answers. So let's get rolling with Chris Kleiman, and then we'll follow that up with the big guy, Brian Hanley. Great Tuesday, uh, getting ready to go to practice. Uh, got a really good Texas team that we're going down to Austin to try to compete with. Um, I think they're playing really well. I know that they uh, had their quarterback injured uh, maybe a week or so ago, but uh, they're playing at a really high level. Uh, they are really physical up front, both sides of the line of scrimmage. Uh, really good skill kids, uh, both sides as well. I think their special teams is where uh, the first thing I always look at, they just jump out at you as far as their coverage units um, getting down there with speed, not not being blocked, and then uh, um, having returners like they do. They, they had a big one against BYU last week. and um, So we've got a uh, big challenge ahead in all three phases this week. Um, guys are, are confident, excited, coming off another big win uh, on Saturday. Great crowd, uh, great homecoming win. Uh, I think we're getting better in all three phases. There's some things that we need to work on for sure uh, in all three phases. But uh, when you shut a team out and and don't have a lot of touchdown for a, for a handful of quarters, uh, you're doing some really good things on, on defense. And then on offense, um, you know, our ability to run the football has been really good. Our ability to hang on to it. Uh, third down conversions have been good. And then uh, – uh, one of the emphasis that we've had all year is red, is red zone success and, and getting touchdowns in the red zone. And I think we were five for five on, on Saturday, uh, which was um, uh, awesome to see. And so, uh, you know, we're excited about where we're at. We know we've got to play better and we know that we can play better because it's going to be a big challenge down in Austin. When you look at film in Texas, do they just look different physically? Yeah, I, I, I always think they look good, Fitz. I always think they've 
got really good talent. I think this might be the best Texas team that I've seen in, in my five years here uh, collectively. And when I say that, it's because I don't see uh, any weakness on, on either uh, side of the line of scrimmage or in special teams. And I think their their team is playing with a with a ton of confidence. Um, they, they believe they're going to be successful. Um, they're very disruptive on both sides of the line of scrimmage. And then, uh, the, you know, the, a lot of guys we played against, I know there's a couple that are gone, but a lot of guys that we played against within their skill set, tight ends and, and wide receivers, uh, and then a lot of the defensive guys returned from last year as well. They're so physical across the lines, and that's been an area that you guys have excelled at the last three weeks or so. Um, how big of a challenge? Yeah, it's going to be a huge challenge for us, uh, one that we have to be able to accept. We, we've, we've got to do what we do. We can't uh, reinvent the wheel and say, you know, it's going to be hard to move these guys up front, no question about it. But we can't say, hey, we're going to abandon what we've done and try to gimmick different things to try to uh, be successful, especially on offense. Um, that's not us. Um, we have to be able to effectively run the football. Uh, is that with quarterbacks? Is that with wide receivers on jets? Is it with running backs? Is it gap scheme, zone scheme? Um, we've got to be efficient throwing the football. Um, and then the biggest thing that we've had some success with the last few weeks is staying on the field. You know, we can't, we've been whatever, 10 of 13 and 10 of 14 the last couple of weeks. We can't afford to be 3 of 13 and 3 of 14 or it's going to be a long day for us. And finally, for me, um, how good has Avery Johnson's emergence been for Will Howard? Uh, I think it's been good for Will. It's been good for our whole team. Um, I, I'm excited to see how Avery's grown throughout this season. Um, I, I think it's helped Will bounce things, ideas off of. Uh, I, I told you guys on, on Saturday, I think w I've seen Will play a lot of really good football here. Uh, and I saw him play I thought one of the most complete games he's played now he won a big 12 championship played really good in that game but I just thought from start to finish just being in control being in command having confidence uh, being on point throwing the football running the ball with authority I thought he played one of his best games here that was Kansas State coach Chris Kleiman talking about this Saturday's game with Texas and now we're going to talk about that same game with Brian Hanley our football analyst out of Frisco, Texas, in his beautiful studio. Hello, Brian. How are you doing, my friend? I am doing wonderful. Doing wonderful. My favorite uh, uh, holiday just passed, Halloween. So I'm feeling good about myself. Feeling good. Did, did you dress up? I did dress up. Uh, but you know, second year in a row. Uh, we have a, or a Halloween party at my house That's every right. year. And so I was shaggy from Scooby-Doo this year. <laughs> But uh, <laughs> yeah, I but, can see it. Yeah, yeah, you know, I had the wig on and all that stuff. It was good stuff. It was good stuff. But I when the kids come around, I'm a bad human being, so I put on my Michael Myers mask and scared a bunch of kids. It was great. It was great. That that, <laughs> that is the American way, right there. I I walked into the uh, press conference and I was waiting. Uh, Chris Kleiman. I was in all black uh, on Tuesday, and just prior to what we saw before you came on. And uh, he walked in and said, nobody dressed up for Halloween. I said, I'm a fat ninja. And it, without Mr. B, he looked at me and goes, yes, you are. <laughs> really? really? <laughs> Let's talk about the Cats and Longhorns. Uh, this is an intriguing game, a game I honestly thought K-State uh, probably would lose. But now the injury to Quinn Ewers for Texas, 
opens up a whole bunch of different possibilities here for K-State. This just isn't quite the same team, at least in Malik Murphy's first game at quarterback for Texas. Uh, but overall, Texas is a great football team. This is a significant challenge for K-State. It is. It is. Um, you know, and it is every year. I mean, Texas yeah. is going to have, you know, a, at least on paper, more and better football players overall than what Kansas State has. Uh, now, that doesn't always mean it equates to victories, although it has, you know, the last several years. Uh, but this is different. I just think this is different. Um, I, I, I really believe Kansas State has an opportunity. It's going to be tough. Texas is 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 really good. They're really good up front, which hasn't always been the case the last few years. But this year they are. They are. So it's going to be a challenge. Yeah, you're exactly right. K-State has run the ball exceptionally well. They've been dominating the line of scrimmage. But Texas gives up yardage less than I share my food. I mean, it's tough to run the ball against Texas. Yeah. How much does K-State need to establish some form of running game to open up the pass? Yeah, well, I mean, they do. But you go back to when Texas played Alabama. Um, even go back to OU. I mean, they gave up some yards, but it was more teams were throwing the football to be able to move it and then maybe set something up. K-State's going to have to do the same thing. They can't right. just rely on quarterback run game or running the football, even spreading them out, you know, from sideline to sideline and running some of our jet sweeps and stuff like that. Texas is fast. You're yeah. going to have to throw the football down the field uh, down the middle of the field, outside the numbers. You're just going to have to do that to be able to loosen them up because I, I think Texas is just going to say, you better beat us by throwing the football because we are not going to let you run it. Well, you're our offensive lineman, so let's pause here and, and talk about that K-State offensive line. Uh, dude, these guys are playing really well. Of course, Cooper yeah. Beebe's leading the way, um, but the whole unit seems really in sync at the right time. And, you know, I think it goes back to them being embarrassed at Oklahoma State. They're just literally embarrassed, not showing up uh, until late in the game. Uh, but I, I think it comes back to that, them understanding. And maybe there was a conversation that said, hey, guys, you're the best unit on, you know, on the squad. And if you're the best unit on this football team, it's time for you to go out there and play like it. And I, I think that happened. I think it's a great thing. Uh, but the most important thing is they are coming out playing very physical football. And again, while we can talk about how it's going to be tough for Texas to run the ball or for us to run the ball against Texas, and it will be, it's not impossible. Right. It's not impossible. So they're just going to have to continue to do what they're doing. Again, have some passing involved. But when it's the most important thing I think fits, I, I really do believe this, is when K-State has to run the football, I think they need to be able to run the football. Yeah, that's exactly right. And uh, you mentioned the other side of the ball by accident, but let's move there. Uh, Texas runs the ball really well. Uh, yeah. And that's kind of been the core of their offensive uh, problem for opposing teams is they've got great receivers, a great tight end. And with Quinn Ewers, they could throw it around a little bit. Uh, and then they just run it at you. The run ate up Kansas State last year when it played Texas, but those were different running backs. I just feel like this K-State team is better equipped right now in their progression to stop the run than they were a year ago. Uh, but who knows? Uh, Texas can go out and do incredible things when they're focused, but 
this this is a pretty basic game to me. If you establish a run, you're at a huge advantage, and that's what Texas is going to try to do. They absolutely are going to try to do it, uh, and they have the offensive line to do it as well. Yeah, they do. Now, the thing about K-State is you're right. K-State is more equipped. There's a lot more guys flying around to the football. Uh, this might seem like a weird analogy, but what I think is K-State has fixed things in the secondary, which has helped them against the run where they're not giving up those quick RPO passes. And so we're not having to, to allocate linebackers so far back and, and safeties have to stay back to be able to protect against it. Well, they fix some things at the cornerback position. Now, part of that is health, uh, which, you know, that helps a lot of things. But when you can fix that and you can say, hey, just cover these guys, which is going to be tough against Texas. But if you can do that and just allocate more guys to the line of scrimmage, that is what K-State is going to need to be able to do. But again, saying that with the caliber of wide receivers that Texas has, it becomes more difficult. We'll see if the quarter – but my thing is it's, hey, make the quarterback throw it over your head. There you go. Hey, you got to get after the quarterback in any game. But this game with a redshirt freshman who honestly looked a little bit shaky in his debut against BYU, you look at that score, you see a blowout. Uh, but he did have some issues – and he had issues when he was under pressure. So you've got to get to this young quarterback, don't you? Absolutely. Absolutely. That should be K-State's focus. And I love what they've done the last few weeks. I know we talked about it a little bit on the insiders, is they're bringing pressure on non-pressure downs. Right. You know, on downs that you don't think that they're going to bring pressure. Uh, first and 10, bring pressure. And K-State's been doing that, you know, and, and just uh, Dan, just mixing it up. Just mixing things up, which they're going to have to do against Texas. And again, it's a red shirt freshman quarterback, hasn't played a whole lot of football in college. I think it's important that they do that. Now, look, I also believe that Texas held a lot of stuff back against BYU. Yeah. I think there's a lot of things that they are going to use against K-State that they just didn't need to show against BYU with the quarterback. One of it is, I think, quarterback run game. While he's not the greatest runner of the football. I mean, he is a prototypical drop back passer. I think he can move when given the opportunity. So I think just K-State continue to rally to the football and tackle. That's what they've done a really good job the last three weeks is tackling. Through my years, I haven't said this very much, but I, I feel like K-State's at a big disadvantage in special teams. This is an area that Sark has taken seriously. They had a huge return from... Mm -hmm. Uh, against BYU, it they they got to be good in special teams, Brian. This this could flip the script. K State has beaten Texas through history with special teams quite often, mm -hmm. and now it looks like Texas has figured out special teams kind of important. And K State isn't the same team in special teams, particularly the return game this year. A nice return by K State would be great, but as Chris Kleiman said at his press conference, you got to stop them from doing the same, and it's a problem. Yeah got to stop them from being able to get good field position. Uh, part of that is kicking the ball through the end zone, if you can do that. Yeah. But part of it is just getting I your can. guys down there to cover. That's the thing. Just yep. get your guys down there to cover. Get guys that want to. I mentioned it before, and again, on the insiders, is like, look, K-State has taken a step back in special teams, and there's no if, ands, or buts about that. Let's, let's just call it what it is. They've taken a step back. Part of it is got to get some starters out there. You got to get some first and second line people out there th to be on special teams. I know you're risking injury. I understand that, but 
And K-State's heyday of special teams, and whenever you want to say that is, they had first-line starters out there that were on your kickoff return, your punt return, your kickoff team, you know, your, your punt team. Those guys were out there, you know, and you just have to be able to do that. That's called you got to put an emphasis on it. Texas yep. has done it. K-State hasn't. That's got to change. I'm not yeah. saying the guys aren't capable, so I don't want people to think that that the guys aren't capable. But you know what? There can be some other guys that are out there too. Look, if if K State guys are not as in shape to be able to run down forty yards down the field and cover a kick and then play defense, that's a whole nother issue. Yeah, that that is indeed. <laughs> uh, I, I'm telling you what the the matchup I'm most concerned about for Kansas State is: can these receivers get open, be available to Will Howard or Avery Johnson? I, I imagine it's mostly going to be Will in this game. Um, a couple of weeks ago, I thought it'd be Avery, but. Not, you just had to play things out, and Will's playing back to playing great football. But he's got to have open receivers. And certainly the tight ends now, there's three of them now involved in the passing game, which is great. And the running backs are both available in the passing game. But the receivers, Phillip Brooks was really good last week, but going against Texas is a whole different thing. Mm-hmm. Got to step up, receivers. Yeah, they got to step up. I mean, we've been saying it for I don't know how long, several years you got to be able to throw the ball down the middle of the field to a receiver, a 12-yard dig route. you got to be able to do that. Or a 12-yard out route outside the numbers. You have to be able to do that and beat one-on-one coverage. Every catch shouldn't have to be contested. You know, that's a problem if you can't get that kind of separation. And K-State's got to be able to do it. They just Because, again, I mentioned it earlier, Texas is going to make K-State throw the football. They're going to put enough people at the line of scrimmage. They're going to play one-on-one outside and say, beat us. So they got to do it. The receive. This is their time to shine. If there's ever a time to shine all season long, it is in this game because Texas knows that K-State can run it. And they know they got to allocate more bodies to the line of scrimmage to stop it. Well, if when you do that, that means the receivers got to be able to beat one-on-one coverage. Sometimes it's going to require Will to audible out of a run play get to a passing play, and just beat them. And, I I mean, just flat of the matter, they just have to beat them. Yep, I absolutely do. Uh, an interesting stat here that um, Chris Kleiman's only Big 12 team he hasn't beaten is Texas. Uh, this was a Texas program that K-State owned for a long time. Um, I feel like Texas woke up and said, hey, we got to pay more attention to K-State. And if you listen to Sark's pregame interview, he talked about K-State being the biggest game left on the schedule. Uh, I, I would say outside of uh, Oklahoma lately, it has been the biggest game that they have to win in conference play. Uh, why is Chris Kleiman's program having issues with Texas? You know, um, first of all, Texas is really good. They have yeah. really good football players. That, that's the first thing. Let's not undercut and think that Texas doesn't have really good football players. Uh, but I think that you're 100% right, Fitz. I think Texas didn't put the emphasis on K-State because they're just lowly K-State. They're not us. They're not as big as us. You know, they're not as tough as we are. And that's not the case, or it wasn't the case. And I think they decided, you know what? We have to put more emphasis on this football game because they keep beating us every year. They're beating a lot of football teams every year. What are we doing here? You know, and also I think the fans got a little tired of it too. Because what could they say? I mean, every year, K-State's coming to you or beating you. I mean, so uh, just putting some more emphasis. Plus, I mean, let's just call it. Texas had some bad coaching going on there for a while, too. They had some bad coaching. (laughs) 
Yes, they did. And um, they both are extremely well-coached teams now. This this is an intriguing game to me. I, I thought Texas would be unbeaten at this point. I was shocked to see Oklahoma beat them because, look, we, we both agree, Oklahoma, it really isn't that good. No. So that tells me Texas is beatable. They, yes. You know, I think Kansas State's better than Oklahoma, flat out. I don't yes. care if they lost at Oklahoma State in a bad day. I think they're better. And and so this game has to be circled for Texas right now because both teams need this to get back to get to the Big 12 championship. K-State back Texas for the first time uh, since Lincoln was president. I don't know if you're aware of that. They've been <laughs> in a very long time. Um, but uh, I, I think K-State does match up fairly well in this game, better than last year. They had no answers for B. John Robinson. But do you think K-State's capable of getting this done? Absolutely. I mean, the key, they're going to limit possessions, you know, again, running the football, but not just running, throwing as well, but just controlling the football, right. just having possession, owning the time of possession, being able to limit Texas's run game and make their quarterback throw the football to beat us. I believe that's going to be the key. Now, look, Texas, like I mentioned, they got some great receivers out there. They do. But I'm going to take my chances on having this red shirt freshman quarterback if he can beat us, then he's just going to have to beat us. Right. Don't let them just run the football down our throat, own time of possession. You know, don't allow that to happen. You know, make them throw the football. And again, on offense, we just got to go out there and make plays. The offensive line's got to continue to play tough. You know, we're not going to just let's just be honest. We're not just going to drive the ball down the field every single time and score. This is going to be a grind it out type of game own field position type of game, which again fits back to your special teams. Got to have good special teams. Even if it means we punt and we have a 45-yard punt with a two-yard return, then that's what just needs to happen. Just That's owning special teams. Doesn't always have to be returns, too. It's just own special teams. And K-State can win the football game. I'm telling you, they're tough enough physically and mentally to go down to Austin and beat Texas. They just are. I agree 100%. He's Brian Hanley. He joins us every week on the pregame podcast. And also, he's part of the crew of the Insiders. Every Monday, we go live at 1.30 p.m. Make sure you check that out. And, of course, check out Big B Daily. He takes care of business on the Daily uh, on his own channel. Go subscribe to that and make sure you follow along with everything he's doing. Pretty cool content, particularly if you're an NFL person. Brian Hanley, thank you so much. No problem. Thank you. Segment one of the Powercat Pregame Podcast is down. We're sponsored by Robbins Motor Company. And on the other side of this break, we will get to our Ryan Wallace as we continue to dig into the Texas Longhorns, the best team in the Big 12, at least in terms of talent. We'll see if K-State can beat them, but we'll find out first if Ryan Wallace thinks it can happen. We'll be right back. GoPowerCat.com's PowerCat podcast continues after this short break. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. 
Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. Welcome back to the PowerCat Podcast. Welcome back to the PowerCat Pregame Podcast, sponsored by our friends at Robbins Motor Company on Fitz. And we've got a segment behind us, but we only keep getting better and we're sponsored by Robbins, as I mentioned, because the dedicated team of automotive professionals at Robbins, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, Ram, Fiat will match you with a vehicle that suits your lifestyle and budget. Robbins Motor Company, title sponsor of the PowerCat pregame podcast. There's no reason to mess around here. We've got Ryan Wallace waiting on the other side of QB1. He's made that very clear over the last two weeks, particularly last week with his performance in beating Houston 41 to nothing. Will Howard has found his groove once again heading into this game. He's got a big, big against the Longhorns, and he met with us on Tuesday. Here is some of what Will Howard said, and then Ryan Wallace comes in to join us to really cut into these Longhorns to find out what they're all about. Here's QB1. Will Howard. We know this is a big one, and, um, you know, they're one of the most talented teams in the country. So it's a big challenge, you know, on a big stage, and, and uh, we're, we're looking forward to it. It's definitely one we've been looking forward to. You know, I've never beat them. I don't think coaches ever beat them. So, yeah, it's a big one. They're also leaving the conference. Does that add any, any juice? You want to send them out with a loss type of? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, sure, I guess. We're not really focused on that. You know, we're kind of worried about ourselves. But, uh, you know, I guess all the outside people would, would probably say that. Do you feel like the last two weeks, particularly this week, Will was back. This is how I can play. Yeah, I would say so. Um, you know, I think I really, when I look at it, I feel like the, the Oklahoma State game was really the only game that I kind of felt like just truly off. Um, I think we were kind of all off as a, as a unit. And once I kind of just got out there and, and just got back to doing what I do and, and not not pressing too much and just kind of being me, I feel like that feels really good. And I've, I've gained my confidence back. And I, I, I never really lost it in the first place, I don't think, you know, just in the in the position that I am now and, and all the kind of stuff that I've been through. It's it's kind of hard to hard to shake me at, at this point, I feel like. And, uh, you know, I, I've, I've learned a lot over the years and, and I feel feel really good about how I've been playing and how we've been playing. And um, at the end of the day, when when you know your defense is shutting guys out and when your offensive line is playing like how our offensive line is, it's hard hard not to play with confidence. And now we have Ryan Wallace from our Go Powercat staff joining us with the breakdown of the Texas Longhorns. That was Will Howard talking about his kind of, you know, progression from the struggles at Oklahoma State to what he did against Houston. Wally, he is back on track. Will Howard last Saturday against Houston looked like Will Howard, didn't he? He did. And, you know, if I got to be honest, he looked so good that uh, here at my house in Kansas City, we flipped over to the Jayhawks after the third quarter. What? I mean, it was it was that kind of performance what? from K-State in a good way. Um, yeah, I mean, it was weird. You've had games before this season where, you know, Kansas State has looked really impressive, but that one was impressive to an almost boring extent. And maybe yeah. that, that says as much about Houston 
uh, as it does, I, I think, the Wildcats. But uh, if you're K-State, you could not have asked for a better way to get yourself back on track, get some mojo going, because this is the one, Fitz. This is the one that uh, everybody's kind of had circled on the calendar since before the season started. And uh, we're getting uh, – or Texas will be getting the K-State team that I think everybody uh, hoped they would have seen out of the gates. But now they're rolling. Okay, I'm going to call an audible then. I, I want to know your thoughts on that KU win over Oklahoma. Uh, I don't think it was KU playing out of their minds. I thought they played kind of a, a B game for KU. I don't think Oklahoma is that good. And why I'm bringing this up is that is Texas's loss. Texas yeah. did lose to Oklahoma, and I'm not sold on Oklahoma. I'm definitely, I mean, even before the season, I was more sold on Texas than I was right. Oklahoma. Um, and I think you could go back in a couple turnovers, a couple plays away and, and Texas would still be undefeated from that game uh, at the Cotton Bowl. But no, I mean, I, I do think that KU is just every now and then they'll, they'll have a master class with Andy Kolnicki about how to scheme up and, yep. and draw something up the right way, no matter what kind of players they have. Uh, and I think they caught Oklahoma maybe looking ahead for whatever reason. Uh, can't do that in Lawrence anymore. Not anymore. So yeah, I think, I think it was as much about maybe the scheme that KU drew up uh, as it was about, you know, maybe Oklahoma getting a little bit ahead of themselves. Yep. That's uh, the perils of the big 12. You just can't do that. Uh, and here we are seeing K state now uh, who got ahead of themselves, maybe at Oklahoma state and put them in a situation where this is virtually not mathematically, but virtually a must win. How overall does K state stack up against Texas? Not great. <laughs> Not great. Um, and again, you know, I, maybe I'm coming from the side of, of a guy that, you know, has been on the Texas's back bandwagon before the season. Um, it definitely changes things a little bit when uh, Quinn Ewers is not at under center yeah. or at quarterback for Texas. That might be enough to where, you know, I think maybe it keeps K-State in the game a little bit longer than maybe they would have with Quinn Ewers. And I don't mean to say that as as if it would have been a blowout by any stretch of the imagination because K-State uh, always comes in very prepared and ready for uh, what the Texas Longhorns present because I think K-State has always thrived in that underdog role. But uh, plain and simple fits, it's it to me it's, to me, it's less about the the explosion and the the dynamic athletes that Texas has, and more about what Steve Sarkeesian has done from day one, which is revamp what Texas has in the trenches, getting back to winning the line of scrimmage. And to me, Fitz, as much as we talk about K-State's offensive line, this Texas offensive line is no joke, and their defensive line, Fitz, is playing out of their minds this season. Uh, neither of which really match up well for what K-State's strengths are on either side of the ball. Yeah, running the ball against Texas, at least a traditional run game, has been nearly impossible. Mm -hmm. um, but Kansas State's offensive line is playing its best football of the year. Uh, I don't think Kansas State needs to run it for 150 or 200. Uh, I think they need to run it for 100, just enough to try to keep this uh, defensive front honest and committing resources. Uh, but you're right, it's a real challenge, and that's challenge number one for K-State, find a way to run the ball. And that brings us to, obviously, the question that's been on the minds of every K-State fan for at least the last month, if not longer, and that's who presents the better matchup at quarterback? Because right. Avery Johnson greatly impacts the success that we've seen this run game have and and how it keeps a, a defense maybe a little bit more honest than Will Howard. And it, 
I'm very intrigued to see how Colin Klein decides to draw this one up because we all remember last year, uh, Will Howard was kind of was the hot hand at that time. Uh, they liked what they saw from Adrian Martinez heading in during that week, and really fits if you go back and and rewatch that game, listen to your post game analysis too, which I did. Um, Adrian Martinez really wasn't the problem in that game. The offense moved the ball, uh, even though they didn't run it particularly well. Um, and I think some of that did have to do with Adrian Martinez's ability to keep plays alive. And so I think for Colin Klein, it comes down to, obviously, I would imagine Will Howard's going to start specifically because of the way he he's performed these last couple of weeks. Um, but also, I think it's going to be an interesting dynamic of how much trade-off there is. And I say that, fits because on one hand, you've got Will Howard who is clearly the better passer right now, at least from what we've seen and they've what they've allowed Avery Johnson to show as a passer. Uh, and that seems to be where Texas is maybe weakest on defense or more most susceptible, right, is trying to catch them through the air. Granted, K-State doesn't have the receivers that have shown up week in and week out to keep you on, you know, to give you confidence in that area. But, you know, Will Howard can be aggressive when it comes to uh, the passing game and maybe stretch the field a little bit, which could open up the run game. Right. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, when Will Howard's been in there, it, it he hasn't been as much a, a part of the run game this season as maybe he has in years past. It's been very, we're going to line up when we're going to run the ball, we're going to, you know, hand it off. It's going to be heavy base set and we want you to try and stop us. And as you said, Fitz, number one rushing defense in, in the big 12, that they're going to it's it could be a struggle for K-State as well right. as this offensive line is playing. On the other hand, you have the option of Avery Johnson mm -hmm. and you have the the possibility of going more to that RPO. And we saw Dylan Gabriel do that in the Red River rivalry and he did it very well and again it was uh he he was able to do a little bit of both with his passing attack and with his ground game kept case or the Texas defense excuse me off balance. And it was Texas's lone loss of the year. Yep. But at the same time, you have to be able to make Texas worry about your arm. And we haven't seen Avery Johnson do that a lot, at least to this point. Um, so, Fitz, I don't know. I, I Like I said, I, we all imagine that Will Howard's going to be the guy. But is he, you know, the, the, the best matchup problem? And, you know, if he isn't, how much of Avery Johnson do we see in Austin? And that's something that only Colin Klein is going to be able to answer on Saturday morning. Yeah, I think this is Will Howard's game to win or lose um, for the most part. Unless he's dreadful, they'll make the switch. Um, but if it's kind of like Missouri, I fear they'll just kind of stick with it and try to get by. And they sure. didn't get by at Missouri. And they didn't even use Avery quite enough when they did use him. Do you think they're going to use him with both quarterbacks on the field? I feel like it's been something they've been holding on to, and it, it might be the time to do it. Yeah, I mean, it could. Um, you know, hopefully it's not the type of deal where, you know, we see one of them split out wide, which we've seen. It's useless. Be because it's useless and, and to be honest, pointless. Um, if you're going to do it, you've got to have some sort of element where they're both in the backfield and, you know, Avery's listed, you know, it comes up to the line as a running back or what have you, however the formation aligns. But, uh, yeah, you're right. I mean, that would this would be the time to do it, but I don't know. I mean, we we haven't seen K State get that quirky in a long time, maybe ever, ever. Mm -hmm. I I don't expect it. I I I don't. No, well, it it'll be fun to watch. I think maybe that jet sweep was put on film for a reason. True. To to have him take the ball and move from left to right, which is his throwing area. So it it could be something there.
Defensively, K-State has played exceptionally well, but they haven't had a test like this. Again, you mentioned the the beef along the lines for Texas. They've got a great offensive line, Massive. experienced and yet young, um, and a running game that gets it done, uh, and some uh, just extreme athletes out there. K-State has to tamp down this run game. Uh, the difference last year was B. John Robinson. He just he was a man among boys in that game. They don't quite have that this year, but they do have an effective run game. Uh, can they stop Brooks and the Longhorns? Most people have not to this point. Um, yep. I, I'm not here to make the case that Jonathan Brooks is Bijan Robinson. He's absolutely not. But yep. in terms of one of the areas that K-State struggled with most against Bijan Robinson last year, uh, it could come back to bite them again in Austin this year because as we sit here today, Fitz, Jonathan Brooks uh, leads – all power five running backs in missed tackles forced with 58. And uh, one of the biggest issues last year for this K-State defense, at least in the first half, was tackling and a lot of missed tackles in, in Manhattan. And the, the problem that I see for this K-State defense is, you know, obviously the talk has been about Malik Murphy. And if you go back and look at uh, Malik Murphy, uh, his, his recruiting profile, our own Greg Big, Biggins wrote up, uh, a great kind of bio on his strengths and weaknesses back in the 2022 cycle. And he said, he's got one of the strongest arms in the 2022 class and he looks good when throwing on time and in rhythm. If you went back and watched that BYU game, uh, BYU, the, the Cougars were able to frustrate him a little bit. And, you know, he threw an interception um, through some interesting passes when under pressure, you can yep. tell he's still a first time starter out there, but in order to get pressure, you got to sell out. And uh, that opened a lot of, you know, easy passes that are, were either behind or just in front of the line of scrimmage. And Texas can thrive because they let their athletes go to work from there. And then you're relying on your safeties and your cornerbacks to come up and make tackles. If Josh Hayes, Sincere Mason, Drake Cheatham, um, Echo Boydo, remember Juju Brents was out early in that game. He got, you know, ejected for that targeting hit. Um, if those guys struggled against Texas last year and the wealth of the, the experience that they have, how sound of players those guys were, it makes you a little uneasy for a guy as good as Marquis Siegel has played the last couple of weeks. Makes you a little bit worried about VJ yep. Payne, Marquis Siegel, uh, Jacob Parrish, and on and on. So that's what Joe Klanerman's going to have to figure out this year. Steve Sarkeesian doesn't get enough credit. I let off this segment talking about how Andy Kotelnicki can put on a master class in scheming an opponent. Texas had K-State figured out for half last yep. year and got up big. Credit K-State for coming back. You cannot let that happen again yep. this year. Uh, and you, 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 I don't know whether it's missed tackles or not. There's too many ways that Texas can beat you, and I don't envy being in Joe Klanderman's shoes on Saturday morning. Well, you just outlined the issue the K-State defense has. you got to come after Malik Murphy. You can't let him operate as the valuation of Greg Biggins showed. If he's a good stand of the pocket, he's going to be effective. But what I saw was a guy that isn't used to the bullets flying at you know full speed here. Exactly. Uh, struggling a little bit, uh, making some uh, shaky decisions. I mean, he's a big, impressive guy at 6'5", but he's not a runner. He's a thrower. That everyone talks about his strong arm, and maybe that means he can throw it a long ways. But I didn't see the arm strength on display in actual passing game. I thought sure. he floated a lot of balls and just kind of laid them out there, which is great when you got receivers like they do. Uh, they can go get it. But I, I do feel like this is the window that needed to be opened. If Quinn Ewers is in this game, K-State's got a lot more issues. But Malik Murphy makes it more attainable. 
He does. Um, and I, I just, it's going to be so hard to figure out, you know, how, how you go about handling, you know, Texas's offense, because again, I, you know, if you try one thing and you go hat for hat, uh, their explosiveness on the outside with AD Mitchell, with Xavier worthy, we saw what Jatavian Sanders was able to do get getting behind those linebackers last year and finding kind of a soft spot in the K-State defense um, time and time again. A huge test for the K-State secondary and a huge test up front for this defensive line. We talked about the Texas offensive line. A couple more stats for you here, Fitz. Texas, remember, last year was one of only two teams that did not surrender uh, a sack to Kansas State. Ironically, Baylor was the other one. I found that one weird. Um, but then Texas offensive line this year, too, has only allowed 26 quarterback hurries, according to Pro Football Focus. To put that in context, K-State's offensive line, which has been, again, very good lately, has allowed 42, almost double. Um, so I think, you know, if you're K-State, one of the guys that I think has to play a good game, well, I talked about the secondary, but a guy I think that can be equally lethal for K-State in coverage, can maybe do some things when he's sent on a blitz from Joe Klanerman, if Jake Clifton continues to play the way that we've seen him play, he could be a real difference maker and a guy that this team needs uh, on Saturday to upset the Longhorns. Well, it'll be a significant test for K-State. And beyond the troubles on offense and defense, Texas is better in special teams. It kills yeah. me to say that. They got a big uh, return last week from um, their their stud receiver, Xavier Worthy, mm -hmm. and it just – they can't give up things in special teams. I used to say they need to win special teams. Now I'm saying you better not lose special teams because if Texas gets any advantage over what they already have, uh, you're not winning. Well, and that was the that was kind of the blueprint to success for K State for a number of years, yep. right? Was was in in terms of beating Texas. I mean, the the infamous Ron Prince, you know, strut down the sideline. You know, what was it, James Johnson or Jordy Nelson that uh, returned the kick there? So. Yep. Um, it, it would definitely, that's the type of stuff that K-State needs to have go right. And I, I feel like I'm going complete negative Nancy in this, in this segment. Um, it, it's just such a tough matchup for K-State. It is. And, you know, when you consider the fact that the last time K-State beat Texas in 2016, Avery Johnson was in the sixth grade. Mm. When you, when you put that into context, you see really just what it takes to beat Texas and the type of type of afternoon you have to have. It's got to be a complete team effort. And, um, you know, again, Fitz, if, if you have to boil it down to one thing on, on offense, I think K-State has to use the run game. I mean, they have to. You, you've got to develop some sort of RPO. And I think maybe get away from what K-State is known for doing on offense, which is kind of that ground and pound right up the A-gap. You know, Hayden Gillum got thrown off a lot in this matchup last year. Same with Hadley Panzer because Texas is so stout through the middle. You almost have to get guys off the edge. You almost need Ben Sennett to be the blocker on the outside and not the receiver in this one uh, and spread Texas, you know, left to right on offense and then use your passing game. And then on defense fits it, it's going to have to be one of those where uh, you, you just continually frustrate Malik Murphy and send guys on yep. assigned blitzes because I don't know if K-State's got enough, not only player wise, but also in, trusting the scheme of a lot of inexperienced guys um, that they want to, you know, try and got, have guys go one-on-one. -on -one. I think, I think they've got to scheme up things within a zone, within the base formations that Joe Klanderman has. And whether it's a cornerback blitz over here, one play, whether it's a, you know, fire blitz up the middle of this play, 
Um, you just got to keep him uneasy. And again, uh, easier said than done, wrap up and make the easy tackles. Got to be good tacklers in this conference. If you're not, you're going to lose. We've seen it happen time and time again throughout the the season of bad tackling teams uh, lose football games. Yeah, UCF, I'm talking about you. Um, Wally, I appreciate it so much. Do you think do you think K-State can get this done? Um, <laughs> Long pause. I, I, mean, dead air, I mean, this is dead air is terrible here, folks. But, I mean, the short answer is no. Um, and I, I lean, I lean, honestly, I lean more towards, again, not the dynamic weapons, none of that. I just think I keep going back to last year with all this, the experience. And then we saw a seasoned K-State team at home that didn't necessarily play terrible. They were bad half from the defense. Um, and yet Texas answered time and time again. Now you've got a K-State team going into Austin um, that's less experienced um, that's banged up at a couple key spots against Texas. I'm thinking about linebacker. You'd love to have Daniel Green in this one. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it just doesn't bode well for me to pick K-State. What's the the spread is like four and a half or four. I'd probably lean Texas narrowly there. I mean, these two teams like to play it fairly close nine times out of ten. I think it'll still be, you know, under ten. But uh, I, I look for Texas to cover narrowly again and and squeak this one out. I think K-State's lone significant advantage is the red zone. Um, yeah, Texas doesn't get one. into the end zone enough. K-State stops teams from getting into the end zone in the red zone, um, and it's going to be fascinating to watch this unveil itself. Wally, appreciate it very much. Thank you very much, Fitz. That's it for the second segment of the PowerCat Pregame Podcast, sponsored by Robbins Motor Company. On the other side, I'm going to talk to the other Ryan, Ryan Gilbert, about some of the odds around the Big 12. We'll get into K-State and Texas at four and a half when we recorded this. And of course, as I mentioned, I'm going to sneak in a little basketball with Jerome Tang into the pregame podcast. Why? Because I can. We'll be right back. GoPowerCat.com's PowerCat podcast continues after this short break. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Welcome back to the PowerCat Podcast. Welcome back to the PowerCat Pregame Podcast, sponsored by Robbins Motor Company. I'm Go PowerCat publisher Tim Fitzgerald, and we have two of our three segments down, one to go. Ryan Gilbert is standing by. Well, I recorded earlier in the week with him to go over the odds this weekend uh, down in uh, Austin and around the Big 12. We'll have six games we're going to pick from because there was a Thursday night game uh, that we skipped. And also, we're going to talk a little basketball in this segment, starting with Jerome Tang, surrounding the entire situation with Naquan Tomlin. Ryan Gilbert and I will be covering basketball in Las Vegas. That's Monday. We'll both be getting in over the weekend. And then Zach Carlson and Cole Carmody have the football game in Austin as the Go Powercat crew splits up to get everything covered. And then, while I understand this is a football preview podcast, I think I'll sneak Jerome Tang in here just because it's of great interest to the K-State community. But first, your reminder, 
Of course, we are sponsored by Robbins Motor Company. K-State fans, visit the Robbins Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram Fiat location on Anderson Avenue in Manhattan for an exciting test drive. Robbins Motor Company, title sponsor of the Powercat pregame podcast. Jerome Tang addressed the suspension of Naquan Tomlin, the senior forward for Kansas State, expected to be a key part of this team. Now we don't know how long he'll be out. Maybe he is not returning, as Jerome Tang said during his press conference. But this part of his interview is about the previous absence that Naquan Tomlin had with K-State basketball. And it wasn't publicized very much because they tried to keep it under wraps. But he did kind of disappear for part of the summer and fall as K-State was going through a lot of things, doing a lot of social media, doing the Big 12 media event. No Naquan Tomlin. Well, he had just rejoined the team after whatever it was was cleared up. Coach Tang said it was personal, so we don't want to get into it. And then he had an incident Saturday night, early Sunday morning at Tubby's Sports Bar in Aggieville. They were our neighbor for many years when our office was down there in Aggieville. Really good people. But Naquan Tomlin was arrested for fighting. And uh, the seriousness of this event is still in question and being investigated. And for now, he is indefinitely suspended from the basketball team. And I've got the basketball game, the exhibition game, on in the studio as I'm recording. And that's why we had Ryan Gilbert earlier in the week. But first, let's stop with Jerome Tang. Let's talk to the coach. And then let's move into the odds around Big 12 football this weekend with our sports betting expert, Ryan Gilbert. Here is Coach Jerome Tang. There were some personal issues that um, he was having to deal with, and we were letting him deal with those things. And, um, you know, you're, you're talking with all these guys. You're talking about uh, young men who are experiencing certain pressures in life for the first time, whether it's, you know, pursuit of the NBA or, you know, the, the pressures of the upcoming season with expectations on them and, you know, trying to graduate from college and, you know, issues that, you know, going on back home that, that he has to deal with. And uh, there was just a lot of things that he needed some time away. And, um, you know, obviously we didn't give him the type of help that he needed, you know, to, to handle all the the things that he's facing. And so we're going to do a better job as a staff of providing those things for him, being there for him um, as he deals with the consequences of bad decisions. Now we have Ryan Gilbert to talk about some of the sports betting lines around the Big 12, who he thinks is a good bet, um, including betting on me. That's right. Bet on me. Ryan Gilbert, how you doing, man? Good, boss, man. How you doing? I feel like I just saw you. Oh, oh, we just literally recorded another podcast, and then we're going to go together. Well, not go together, but be together in Las Vegas. It's going to be a special weekend for Fitz and Gills, the Vegas trip. You excited? Hey, uh, I'm I'm fired up. I love Vegas, but uh, just a lot going on. I mean, I, I'm now set up in an informal watch party at Circa at 9 in the morning Vegas time for the Cats in, in Texas Longhorns, and we'll get to that game a little bit. Um, are you ready? Are you excited to do some picks here? I'm very excited. Tech and TCU play Thursday night. If you listen to the podcast, the regular podcast, I thought it was Wednesday night. I got confused. <laughs> I was an idiot. It's actually Thursday night, but we're not going to pick that game because uh, this is a Saturday preview. I don't know why. Hey, Baylor is a three-and-a-half-point favorite at home against Houston. Uh, they both stink. Uh, let me point out, 
right, Gills, that these games are either really important to the Big 12 race or they're trash. Uh, Baylor at Houston or Baylor versus Houston and Waco is trash. I don't know who to pick. I literally would not bet this game because, first of all, it's ugly. Yeah, I wouldn't touch it either. But if, if you put a gun to my head, I would. You look at Houston. <laughs> I know you would. <laughs> the Cougars this season, excuse me, um, what happened? have had a couple of blowout losses. Uh, one of those being to TCU. They bounced back against Sam Houston State. So I don't know if you can put too much stock into it, but they did bounce back with an impressive victory nonetheless. And then you look at the loss to Texas Tech. That was also a blowout. What they do after that, they they respond back with a win against West Virginia. And so we, we saw how embarrassing that Houston product was on the field here in Manhattan from Saturday. I think Dana Holgerson, though, is, is going to have enough to to rally his guys. They've shown this season that after sort of an embarrassing loss that they're going to bounce back and, I don't know, maybe have a good game. And so I'll, I'll take the Cougars here. Wow, that kind of surprised me. That's why that's why we pay you big money. That's um it's a hot take, right? I'm just wanting yep. to get listeners and clicks on this, aren't I? Serving up hot takes and margaritas. <laughs> hey, uh UCF is a three and a half point favorite at Cincinnati. Here's the best part of this game. Someone has to win. They are both 0 and five in the Big Twelve. I'm pretty sure one of them, their fan base told us they were gonna run the conference. Anyhow, uh Owen Fivers in Cincinnati. Uh, do the Knights win by four points or more and is Skyline Chili worth a grab? Oh, you want to hear my my hard analysis? Yeah. Cincinnati is the home team, and therefore, I'll take Cincinnati. That's that's, that's it. I, I'm with you. I, why are we picking these games? Why why did I have you pick these games? These games are awful. You're I would rather pick Missouri and Georgia than this. You're right. <laughs> okay, speaking of stinky, West Virginia is playing host to BYU. Uh, this is the only double-digit spread as of right now in the Big 12 as we record this on Tuesday night, really early. Um, West Virginia, they win by more than 10 points in Morgantown against the Fighting Cougars of Provo. So before last weekend, West Virginia hadn't won a game by more than 10 all season really? long. They finally got that on the road against UCF. They won... 41-28, so they win by 13. So 10 points is a lot here. BYU's been, I mean, they've been respectable. It's yep, not like they're been playing the best like the newcomers. Right, the Cincinnati, that, that UCF game, right, where it's a bunch of winless. BYU's respectable. 10 points, give me the Cougars there. You know, I, 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 that's, that's too many points for me. But I love the fact that it's two scenic mountain schools playing each other. That's just, um, you know, I'm a naturalist, an environmentalist. Yep. Iowa State is a two and a half point favorite over Kansas in Ames. It's a night game. It's it's a Saturday night game in Ames, and wacky stuff happens. I looked at that spread and I thought KU's a better team, but then I realized, oh, it's Saturday night in Ames. I'm gonna go with Iowa State. I just I don't know. I feel like KU might have a letdown. I just can't talk myself into to seeing that from Kansas, the way that they've performed. And I get it. Sure, you, you might have a letdown spot on the road, but I just that's tough to bet against KU and globally on the entire year. I feel like the Jayhawks have, I mean, even without Daniels at quarterback, still are probably the better team. Um, so I, I've got to go with Kansas here. I, I feel like Iowa State's, I mean, coming into the year, man, if you were to tell me that the Cyclones would be favored, I don't know what the look ahead lines looked like or anything, but I'd be shocked. And so yeah. I think it's just engraved in my head that Kansas should be favored here. And if they're not, you got to give me the Jayhawks. But we'll agree to disagree on one here, Fitz. 
Okay. Uh, let's get to the two biggies, although Iowa State KU is pretty big. But Bedlam, Oklahoma, five-and-a-half-point favorite, rolling into Stillwater to play the Cowboys. Oklahoma State's been rolling. Uh, I mean, their running game right now is just – it's awesome. Ollie is just running over everyone. I think Oklahoma's overvalued. I think it was proven last week. I'm taking the Cowboys. I mean, Mike Gundy's been pretty outspoken about this being the last time that these two teams are going to play this rivalry. And this is crazy for Oklahoma State here to be underdogs at home, right? Mm-hmm. By almost a touchdown. So give me the Cowboys all day long. They're clearly playing good football. And I think Oklahoma's definitely overvalued. And so just obviously on the field, I think Oklahoma State has enough to keep this game close. Off the field, all the stuff, just with this being the, the final edition of this rivalry, uh, Oklahoma State's going to absolutely have something to prove here. And I, I love the Cowboys here. I, I don't have, uh, you know, I don't place a ton of bets on college for those who, who want to know the secret. I'm more of the NFL guy. Is that a, is that okay to tell people mm-hmm. this? But, mm-hmm. man, I, I love Oklahoma State here. I really do. So now that I say that, we know it's going to happen, but I love Oklahoma State. Yeah, well, we know. We know your track record with Kansas State picks this season. Uh, <laughs> right. Texas is, as we record this, a four-and-a-half-point favorite over K-State this Saturday morning in Austin. Uh, Gills, this opened up like a seven-and-a-half-point spread. It's been dropping yeah. towards K-State's favor. I don't know what's going on with the spread. I, I think maybe uh, the quarterback situation at Texas might be playing a role in that. I, you know, I'll give my prediction, my actual score, later on my keys to victory for our subscribers but brother i think k-state wins this wins it outright i just have a good feeling about this one i'm glad you mentioned the spread dropping and so mm-hmm. i'm sure the quarterback stuff's got something to do with that without a doubt but that's it, not a good thing for just in terms of betting on kansas state right the vegas the opening lines what they kind of thought it would be you know, they think it's going to be a, a, a touchdown or so for the Longhorns. And so to only get three points, there's not a whole ton of value there, just a heads up. But I do disagree. Despite saying that fits, I do disagree. I, I think Kansas State's last two performances do not stack up well for this team. Coming in, I think it was, what, 80-something to three, the combined score in the last two games for, yep. for the Wildcats, 82-3. to three. They're, they're not going to go into Austin and, and just go – shock the Longhorns in their building. That's not going to happen. Obviously, K-State's playing well right now, but everything that goes up must come back down at some point. Will that be on Saturday at 11 a.m. in Austin? It could be. It might not be until the next week against against Baylor, who's next on the schedule, right? So, obviously, Avery Johnson, Will Howard, what's going to happen at quarterback? I, I've got a feeling this is going to be the big Avery game for the Wildcats. They've kind of been saving him against a couple of, you know, Houston, TCU, I don't think you had to pull out your bag of trips in those games. Now against Texas, this might be the time where they're not, they don't move on from Will Howard, but you see a lot more of Avery Johnson involved in this offense, not just as the D quarterback on the field for one drive, but also being on the field at the same time with Howard. So I'd keep an eye on that. We don't talk a whole lot about props on this show, but certainly the Avery Johnson touchdowns would, you know, to score a touchdown, I would like that despite going up against a good Texas defense. But the biggest thing for me really is just the way that Kansas State's played the last two games. I feel a letdown coming from the Wildcats. I get it. Chris Kleiman's never won against Texas. There's going to be some added juice. K-State is alive in this Big 12 race. Um, but despite the quarterback situation for the Longhorns, I'm going to have to go with the home team here. 
uh, only getting what three, four, five points here, depending on how this line moves. I've I just think there's a lot of value on Texas, especially with the way that this line has moved in favor of Kansas State. Well, it's a must win for the Wildcats if they want to get back to the Big 12 championship. And it's a must win for Texas if they want to be part of the conversation for the the playoff, the the four school playoff, which the, they can play in with a loss, but probably Kansas State can't. Anyhow, it doesn't matter case it has two losses. That is Ryan Gilbert. He's fabulous. He will have coverage of the basketball game on Wednesday, which happened. And then he and I are shipping off to Vegas as other guys will be in Austin for football. You know, it's like taking your kid to the county fair. He's just going to be happy and joyful. I'm taking Gills to Vegas. I appreciate Ryan Gilbert taking time earlier in the week to discuss those odds. It's been a busy week at Go Power Cat. We got football in Texas, basketball out in Las Vegas, and so much else going on. I'm glad we got a big, reliable staff because we're going to get out all over the nation to cover K-State's sports for you. Well, we're pretty much done with this pregame podcast, but we have that one thing I still have to do, and it's the one thing to watch in this game to see how it unfolds because I think it's crucial to this game. Which team can run the ball more effectively uh, and tie it to their passing game? That's it. I mean, it's a big part of the game. Yes, it's not like a little... Uh, items such as a maybe a kick return or something but k-state has to be able to run the ball and the heart of this texas defense is that front they have stymied most traditional running games can k-state's offensive line which is extremely good find a way to move the ball on the ground enough to keep that texas offense or excuse me texas defense honest so that will howard has more opportunities to throw the ball and can Kansas State slow down a Texas running game that chewed them up last year? But there's no B. John Robinson in this game. Yes, Texas has a good running game. But can Kansas State, is now that this defense is playing at such a high level, take that away or at least stymie it and pressure that pocket for Malik Murphy, the redshirt freshman quarterback who looks who looks to be turnover prone and force him into some mistakes, maybe throwing the ball in throwing situations. We'll see how it all unfolds. The game does kick at 11 a.m. down in Austin, Texas. It'll be on Fox. Gus Johnson and Joel Clad on the call. It's a biggie. It's a huge one. And whoever wins this is in a really good position to get to Arlington to play in the Big 12 championship. If you're Kansas State, it's a must win. If you're Texas, maybe you have other opportunities down there, but also Texas is thinking of that national championship, the playoff. Can they get back into contention by winning the conference and winning out after losing to Oklahoma? We'll see. It's going to be thrilling. It's going to be fun. And when it's all done, Kansas State will come home to play Baylor. And at that point, I'll be able to see you at the bill. And I can't even say I'll see you in Austin, but I will see you in Vegas if you go with the basketball caps. I don't know how I wrapped up a football pregame podcast with a basketball note, but I did it. You're welcome. Thank you for listening to the Power Cat Podcast. Make sure you're subscribing to our show at Apple, Spotify, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. Citizen sleuths are focusing on the brutal slayings of four college kids. A new Paramount Plus original docuseries. This is the start of something major. Follows online detectives as they unravel the mystery of the infamous Idaho College murders. There's plenty of places to hide a weapon. And turned it into a social media phenomenon. Where are the roommates? It is a huge night. What the truth from you? Hashtag cyber sleuths. The Idaho murders now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus.